0: Let's pray. Father, would you speak to us right now in a way that we can understand? Would you use the things that happen in the next few minutes to change our lives and that we'd understand more about you and what you are doing in in the big scheme of things and that we would understand that you created us for your glory and that you love us unconditionally. Thank you for my friends here. Would you speak to us right now? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, have you guys ever been, have you ever gotten to a movie, I know you guys have done this before, I know, have you ever gotten to a movie 20 minutes late, and you don't have a clue to what the movie is all about, <laughs> but you, it, there's some parts in the movie that are good anyway, some things that are interesting, you're like, well that was cool, and I kind of understood that, I like that part, but you really don't get to understand what uh, understanding what the whole thing is all about. Yeah. You guys know what that's like? <laughs> Guys, get got respond to me, or I'm going to die. Raise your hands if you've, if you've had that experience. Okay, I know. Thank you, Jessica. Okay. Okay, and then you watch the movie a second time, and, in your, and you get the first part there, and you're like, oh, now I get what the movie's about. Okay, you guys know what that's like? Well, that's a picture of what is happening in the lives of so many people on this planet. They got stuck in this epic drama that not only are they watching but they're a part of, and they don't have a clue to really what's going on. They, they got this feeling, you know, some of you guys might have this feeling, it's like there's something really important happening here, and it feels like this, this epic story is moving towards, towards an amazing climax, and I feel like we're almost there, but I don't know even where we start from where we're going. Do you guys know what that's like? Okay, and if you guys notice, there's some really weird things happening in the world. That make you realize, yeah, there's something going on. In fact, there's some really weird things happening today. If you, have, if you haven't noticed, there's, some pe- there's people walking around, kind of dressed up, looking kind of funny, and and it's easy for you to think, okay, there must be some meaning in all this, and if you ask them, okay, why are you guys handing out candy, why are you getting candy, why are you saying trickery, trick? there's people that don't even know why at all. I don't, I'm reading a book. I just started a book two days ago or so. I, re, I try to read about a book a week, but this book is called the, the Insanity of God. Has anybody read The Insanity of God? Okay, good. Okay, The Insanity of God. And he tells a story there. You remember if you, this story that he tells? Is, it's a relief worker who's working in Somalia, and he tells a story about, well, when he's in Somalia, that there, you know, that back in the early 90s, there was this civil war going on be, between about 12 different groups of people, and he t- he's there in kind of the middle of all that, and he talks to this young guy who's got an AK-47 slung over his back, and he says, so, so, why are you fighting? And the guy looks at him and says, uh, sir, today is Thursday. We always fight on Thursday. <laughs> Friday we don't fight, but Thursday we fight. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are laughing because you're thinking... He doesn't know why he's fighting. But I thought about it, and I thought, <laughs> I thought, this is, is this not maybe the way some of us are? Too. It's easy for us to laugh at this, but there's so many people who are doing the same thing. I mean, we're, think about, we are so captivated by the culture that's around us, and we do things, that we don't know why we're doing we're just doing it because that's, I said that's what we're supposed to do. And if you ask the people, why, if you think about it, you ask the people, why'd you dress up today? They say, it's Halloween. We always dress up on Halloween. (laughs) We don't dress up on 4th of July. We dress up on Halloween. Duh. That makes sense, right? I mean, you dress up on, on October 31st, not on 4th of July or on Christmas. That's what you do. And if you say, well, why don't you dress up on 4th of July? They say, because everybody dresses up on Halloween. So why do you guys dress up on Halloween? Well, you guys didn't dress up. Well, we got a little bit of token. Well, we got a, bo- a bonehead here and a <laughs> kitty cat here. No, you are not a bonehead. <laughs> you just dressed up like a bonehead. <laughs> are you mad at me? Don't be mad at me, please. I cannot stand it when Jessica's mad at me. So please, please don't be mad at me. Okay. Okay, so what, what, what I, want us, I, want, I want us to make some sense of what's going on here. I want to tell you a little bit of the story, of the, the, what happened in the movie before you guys showed up. Okay. And I want to want to just kind of touch a little bit on the Halloween thing because that's maybe a part of it and this is Halloween and maybe some of you guys know why what Halloween's about. And for some reason when we go to Japan, everybody in Japan wants to know why we di- wh- what Halloween's about. And of course, most Americans are like, "I don't know." But let me just tell you a little bit about Halloween. Okay, so Halloween is uh, the word Halloween comes from the old English word what? All hello ha- Yes! Mr. Roger. Yes, thank you. It's um All Hallows Eve. All Hallows Eve. And All Hallows Eve... You know, what, is, what is the word hallow? How many of you guys use the word hallow? Okay, you read it, you say the Lord Prayer, or if you're from Asia, you say, "hello," Right? Um, is that not true? I mean, that's what we say in Japan. Hello. Um. So... Was that offensive? There was no offense. It's true, right? No. Guys, I'm Asian. I can say that. So, okay, I'm not. Tr- I'm not. Re- well, I am. Whatever. Is this supposed to be? A- uh, it, was that offensive, Emers? Okay. If, if anybody thinks this, I was offensive, please talk to Emrys. Okay. Okay, hollow. Hollow comes from it's the, it's the old English word that we use now. The how we pronounce holy. Okay, okay, we say holy. It's it's and, and the Latin word for holy is what's the, what's the Latin word for holy? Come on, come on, come on. Sanctus, sanctus. Right. Okay. So, hollow. All Hallows Eve is the night. That begins remember in tradition days start at nighttime evening and morning that you know so there's so the hallows eve starts in the evening and goes through tomorrow evening uh, and this whole day this 24-hour period is called all saints day you guys heard this saint coming from the latin word sanctus which means holy so you guys understand the connection okay well that helps a little bit but this is how it developed it, way, way back as the church was getting started and people were expecting Jesus to come back at any moment. Jesus didn't come back at that moment. And there were people who were a part of the church of Jesus who died, specifically martyrs who died. And the church didn't want to forget the, the precious the precious lives of these people who loved Jesus so much. And so they commemorated, they, 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 mem- they remembered the day of their death um, for years and continue to remember the day of their death, and uh, and those days that that celebrated those holy people were was a celebration of those. Um, you know, you know what the word saint means? It just means holy people. You guys, if you if you belong to Jesus, you are saints. Okay, saints is not just uh, some some dead person. Okay, saints is the people who have been set apart for the glory of Jesus, and that includes people in this room. So. So there were different days. well you guys do you guys know some of the days some of the the days of these that commemorated these holy people of the past? not Thursday. <laughs> okay, what were some, do you guys know any of these days? Do any of you celebrate any of these days? Some yes, you guys do. Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day is one Day. and Everett's going to celebrate that big time this year and what's the other big one that you guys celebrate? No, I'm sorry, man. What's the other big one that you guys celebrate? St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's day. You guys all um, wear green on St. Patrick's Day, right? And we don't know why, but that's just what we do. Okay. But those of you who don't get pinched, exactly. But if, But just in case we missed somebody, we're going to have a day for everybody. So that day became known as All Saints Day. And the night going into that was All Hallows' Eve. And that day was... On May fifteenth, I think. <laughs> and then, but there was a holiday that the pagans in Ireland celebrated. Called, does anybody know the name of the holiday in, in Ireland? It's called Sam Samhain. Has anybody have heard of Samhain before? Sounds like some dude's name. Okay, Samhain is celebrated in Ireland, and so and it was a pagan holiday that they dressed up and bobbed apples and did funny things and and went out for trick-or-treating. And in the 7th century, the Pope says, everybody's celebrating that holiday, and, and now they're becoming Christians, so let's move All Saints Day to October 31st. So they moved All Saints Day to October 31st, but all the traditions continued and have continued and have continued. So now it's become this kind of associated with Christianity Day, but where the things that we do on, this, on the, the, this day or this evening before All Saints Day really doesn't have anything to do with all the saints. Instead, it's, it, it really resembles more of what the pagan holiday was before it was joined with Christianity. Okay? So that's the history of that. That's the specific history of All Saints Day or Halloween. But I want I want to broaden all that and talk about the bigger the bigger story, of what all where what what's happened in this epic drama, of history, that's led us up to the point where we're at right now. So let me just give you a little bit of this. We're not going to go very far tonight. But but you guys know that there was a time when there was no universe. And God spoke. Into. This universe. Big Bang, the universe explodes. Genesis one one, in the beginning, that's time. God creates the heavens, that's space, and the earth, that's matter. God creates uh, space, time, and matter, and he, the galaxies, explode into existence, and he directs everything in the universe by his omnipotent hand, his sovereign. Will is what what we call the laws of nature. Everything happens according to what he has planned, except he takes this one little planet on the far-flung reaches of the universe, and he says, on this planet, we're going to do something special because on this planet, I'm going to create, first, supernatural creatures who are going to have their own free will, and the decisions that they make will determine the course of the universe. And so he makes these supernatural creatures, not humans yet, he makes these supernatural creatures that we read in the Bible called sons of God. Now, some of you guys have come across this term as you've been reading the Bible in Genesis 6 and Deuteronomy 32 and in Job, several places in Job, and there's other places also where it's speaking of these supernatural creatures that we would call angels or demons, and um, is included in the in the broader term Elohim. Some of you guys know that that term, but basically, basically, is the deity. It's a pl- plural term that refers to God, but it also refers to the, the the lesser deities, the lesser spiritual forces that God made, and He assigns these these supernatural. Entities' responsibility on this planet, and what we find out is that there is a rebellion that is led by one of them. So let's l- we're just going to look at that. We're going to look at some verses here, and then we're going to be done. And we're going to do cookies. Okay. So Ezekiel twenty-eight. So we're going to turn to Ezekiel twenty-eight. We're going to study this. We haven't studied this before. We've been going through the Book of Acts, but we're taking a little bit of a detour because of this Halloween event that's happening, and we're going to talk about what God's design for these supernatural forces was that they would be, yeah, um, Ashish has Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand, She shall give you one, uh, and we should also have it up here, but God's design was that these spiritual forces would be the guardians of this planet. They'd be the guardians of this planet. They would protect this place that would be somewhat of a temple to the one true God, and that they would do his will, but of course, when you give people free will, they don't do what you want them to do. So Ezekiel 28, first thing that I want you guys to see in Ezekiel 28. If you guys look at verse two, Ezekiel 28, verse two, who is this addressed to? Okay, to the look. Look really carefully and make sure you get that right. Ezekiel twenty-eight verse two. What does it say? Okay, the ruler of Tyre. Okay, Tyre is a city. Tyre is a city and the surrounding area that, it, that we now call Lebanon. Okay, the ancient name is Biblios, Okay, but Tyre is the name of a city on the coast of what is now Lebanon. Okay, and who is this? Who is this written to in or is this spoken to in verse two? Okay, sp- speaking of the, to, to speaking to Ezekiel, um, this message that is through Ezekiel to the with a what of Tyre? Okay, read it again. Look, look really carefully, guys. The ruler of Tyre. Now I want you guys to notice. Just, I just want you to notice that. Now look over in verse twelve and see there is another prophetic statement made to another entity. And notice who this one is too. The king of Tyre. I want you guys to see this, okay? This is Bible study time. Okay, but so in verse 2, the, the, the word spoken by Ezekiel from God in verse 2 and following is spoken to the ruler of Tyre, or some of your versions say the prince of Tyre. And in verse 12, there's another declaration, proclamation, prophetic message given to the king of Tyre. Now, here's what I want you guys to see. It's real easy to miss this. There's some, there's conf- it's easy to get confused. But the, the ruler of Tyre that is spoken to in, in verse 2 is a human. He's a human. You can read through that and realize that this is human. But the pattern the pattern that he follows is the pattern of a ruler that he serves and worships who is above him, who is who is not human. We're going to see here why he's not human. Okay? In fact... We're gonna find out some more things about him. Do you get, so, you guys, look here. In verse, so in verse 12 or in verse 11, the word of the Lord came to me. And we're not gonna read through the first part because that's all spoken to the ruler, the guy who's at, who's ruling in the, the city of Tyre. But we're gonna to speak to the 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 power, the spiritual power that is behind that ruler, who is governing that territory. This is really interesting, guys. So verse 11, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Okay, now we're going to find out a bunch of information about this spiritual entity that is ruling Tyre, ruling um, supernaturally. You were the model of perfection. Okay, now we know for sure that this was not, that this is not spoken to the, he's the human ruler of Tyre because the human ruler of Tyre is not, was not the model of perfection. You were, you were the model of per- perfection. You were full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Once again, the, the man who was ruling Tyre was not perfect in beauty. And here we, in verse 13, we know for sure, you were in Eden. Well, we know that the ruler, the, the ruler of Tyre was not in Eden. But this entity was. You guys see this with me? Okay. The garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you. Ruby, topaz, emerald, crystallite, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and beryl. Okay, what's the point of all that? What's that? Yeah, okay. Say it again. All the things that, that adorned him, yes. Okay, but what, 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 what's the deal with all these rocks? Wealth. Okay, Guess I'm not exactly sure, but, but, I, but I think you're, the, the idea of wealth... Also, have you guys read this list of, what's that, glory? Okay, it has to do with glory. Have you ever read a list that sounds about like this anywhere else in the Bible? Description of, what is heaven? Yeah, we can talk about the New Jerusalem, right? The New Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem, the future New Jerusalem, the capital of Jesus, when he reigns supreme throughout the universe, when when this entity that we're reading about is finally thrown into the lake of fire. At that point, the New Jerusalem, this New Jerusalem that has twelve foundations, is those foundations are adorned with these. With these are basically this list of precious stones. So that's one of those things. So is there any other place in the Bible where you find this list? This kind of a list of precious stones. Yes, yes. The priest, what? The priest's breastplate. And actually, you know, there's, there's there. The temple doesn't stand in Jerusalem now, but the, the temple there's the temple institute has, is has has everything ready for when they can build the temple. And I saw a picture this afternoon. I thought about showing it to you guys, but yeah, a picture of those stones on the on the priest's breastplate. It's really interesting. Okay, now why were they on the priest's breastplate? 12 tribes, 12 tribes. So these 12, uh, here, here nine are listed, but some of the older, the, the older ancient manuscripts actually have three more listed, making up 12, okay? So these, these represent the people of God. And the New Jerusalem, they still continue to represent the people of God. First, the, the, the tribes of Israel, but in a broader sense, all the people of God. Okay, is there any, so is there any other place, maybe outside of the Bible, where you've seen these kinds of stones? A jeweler? Yes. Did you say jewelry? Jeweler? Okay. Here's what, here's what I've, I, you know, I don't know if I have all this all figured out, but when I've been in other countries especially, but even here in America, when I've been in certain people's homes who have, who are worshiping um, spiritual entities other than the one true God through Jesus... They use these stones as part of their worship. Have you guys ever been around that at all? Believing that these stones, actually, that, the, that somehow these stones, some of these stones can channel the light of the universe for spiritual power. Have you guys heard about this before? Okay. So, now, what's with that? Why is that? I mean, is that, is that true? Is that not true? What's the deal? Okay. Here's what I want you to say. Understand, all power is from God. And what I, I don't know for sure, and you guys can study this with me and work it out and tell me what you find out, but, but I think what these stones represent is an, a, 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 the multi-faceted, the multicolored glory of God that he entrusted to these lesser deities that they took and used for their own glory, including this entity that we're reading about right now. Does that make sense? Now, you guys can work through that and kind of process that and, and tell me if I'm wrong. But I think that's part of what's going on here. OK, so let's continue. Verse, verse 13, the last part of verse 13, your, your settings and mountings were made of gold. And on the day you were created, they were prepared. OK, in other words, this, this guy is whoever this entity is, is an important person who was created by God for a very specific purpose for a very important purpose. you guys with me in that? Okay, verse 14. You, you, this is, again, God speaking through Ezekiel prophetically to this spiritual entity. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. God's plan was that for this spiritual entity, who is now the spiritual authority over this, or at this time at least, was the spiritual authority over the city of Tyre, that that Spiritual ent- entity w- it was was created for a, the original purpose of being the guardian cherub. A guardian cherub. What's a guardian cherub? What's a guardian cherub, guys? I mean, we, you know, cher. You hear about cherubs in 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 medieval art, and it's like these fat babies with. I mean, it's like that's nothing like a cherub. Okay. Now I'll give you guys um, a a picture. That that is a morph of what the cherubs are. But the cherubs, well, think about what that cherub is. And is there any, can, can you guys think of any any job description of a cherub? What's a cherub? The cherubim is pl- the plural of that. Mm-hmm. So what, protecting. Yeah, and, they, and he says, guardian cherub, what are they protecting? The glory of God. Okay, has if you guys have been with me to Japan or other countries that have gone to holy sites in these other countries and you walk into the temple or the shrine tell us Jessica the lions the, lions, the komainu so i want to sh- i want to show you um of course the most of the komainu, most of the, the cherubs have been morphed in, and they're very very different in different places but the gargoyle the, the whole concept of gargoyles what are gargoyles anyway I don't know what they are, but uh, from what I've been able to figure out, I think they came from this concept: protecting the, the holy ground. Gargoyles or griffins. You guys know what griffins are? I'm not exactly sure what a griffin is, but yeah, this, this idea of protecting these and these these winged lions. Have you guys seen the pictures of winged lions? Okay. So all these are morphs of all that. But the one that we see in Japan is the Koma Inu. So um, actually, I, I've, why don't you go ahead and put the, the one from India up here first, the one in the front of the Indian temple. So this here we got, um, this is very different from the ones that we have in Japan, but this is what we have. Um, this is in Nepal, actually. And you got these, these guardian cherubs. Now, not, you know, I don't think this is what the cherubs look like, but, but obviously this is, these have morphed. Now, let me show you what they've morphed into in Japan. Why don't you show that next picture? These are all over um, the island where Kian and Joe live in, in Okinawa. And, you know, people don't know, and they're just, like, cute. But, uh, but the reason, I want you guys know, to notice, they're in pairs, right? Okay, they're in pairs. And what is the difference? What's, how is one different from the other? Isn't that a Sesame Street thing? One has an open mouth and one has a closed mouth, Okay. When as you walk into the, sh- the shrines, especially in Japan, I don't know about in other parts of Asia, but when you walk into the shrines in Japan, the one on the right side has open mouth, the one on the left side has closed mouth. You know why? Yeah. Yuga kun. Can you or you can you tell us why? It's like a god. It, it You are speaking prophetically. He is right, but he doesn't know why he said that. Okay, let me just tell you. So the one on the right is ah, uh, the one on the left is mm. Do you have this in Malaysia too? You think so? Can you please explain why? You. Okay. It is. He said it has something to do with the beginning then. Okay. So the one, so the first the first letter, I don't know about in, in um, Chinese or Malaysian, but in Japanese, the first letter of the, of the hiragana is so, and the last one is N. So A and m, And in the Bible, it's alpha and omega, N. Okay? Okay. The A and the Z is the beginning and the end. So that's the concept, Okay. Hope you guys are excited by that. Okay, so even in all this, these weird, you know, these these morphs of truth of truth, there's still truth there, and even the little koma inu that these are these are um, mimicking. This is not what you usually find in front of the shrines, but I just showed you the picture because it's so common there. Uh, even those things um, represent in some way the glory of Jesus. Okay, you are anointed as a guardian cherub. Okay, if this entity had been anointed as the guardian cherub. Where, what was he guarding? Somebody said the glory of God, but where was the temple? I mean, all these are in front of the temples, right? I think that's right. But beyond that, where was the where was the temple? What was the temple place that he was? It was the guardian. Ultimately, guys, I think it was this planet. That God's intention for this planet was that this that this would be. Place. What is a temple? Place where God dwells, and that this entity's responsibility was to guard the temple of God. I don't know if he was of the Ah or the m or whatever. I don't know which side of the of the. I mean, I don't know what. Why there was, you know, was there a pair of? I don't know. But his responsibility was to guard the glory of God on this planet. And look what happens. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. So this guardian cherub had a responsibility to guard the glory of God on this planet until a day when wickedness was found. We're going to find out what that wickedness is. Verse 16, through your widespread spread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. And I don't know, well, I mean, I'd like to know the history of all this. I'd like to know, I mean, we're just getting a, a little glimpse into those. But apparently, this guardian cherub, this, this spiritual entity that God had created for the purpose of protecting his glory on this planet, apparently, this entity used his position for personal gain. I think that's what this is talking about, and the result was second part of verse sixteen. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you, O guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Okay, guys. Well, he, he's driven from the mount of God. What is that all about? What's the mount of God that he's driven from? Heaven, maybe heaven. It's it, it is it's the this is prior to the fall. cast out of heaven. Yeah, cast out of heaven. And whether this is a a physical mountain or a metaphoric mountain, it matches so much that's written in the Bible about the mountain of God, and even it matches um, ancient mythology from other groups that we just kind of pass off like, oh, that's not true. But this idea of a mountain of God with assembly of the holy ones gathered to present their, their, to present themselves before God, even in in Job 1 and in Job 2 that's happening. Yeah, Darren. I think this is definitely Satan himself. I think this is the this is the master devil of them all. And he led the campaign against against God Himself. Okay. And why did all this happen? Well, verse 17: your heart became proud on account of your beauty. And you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. And so this was this is the punishment that he endured at that point but more is to come. So I threw you to the earth. I made a, a spectacle of you before kings. Does that sound familiar? Being hurled being down to the earth? If you're taking notes, which I hope you are, Revelation 12, Revelation 12, it talks about this war that happens in heaven and that this dragon takes a third of the stars, which represent the angels, out of the sky, and they're, and they're, they're hurled to the earth. I think there's more there. I'm processing all this. Okay, verse 18. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. What's this all about? Desecrated your sanctuaries? What does this mean? Because here's what it is. For the sake of your own personal gain, you took the sanctuary that was your responsibility and you desecrated it, is what God's saying to him. That's what God's complaint against him. And so, second part of verse 18. So I made fire come out from you, and it consumed you. And it reduced you to ashes on the ground at the sight of all who were watching. All the nations who knew you are appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. Okay, what can you guys pick out of that? What's the deal about the fire? It's hell. Hell, exactly. I mean, the... the, the uh, God says through Ezekiel I made a fire come out of you I don't know what that means other than this this metaphor that we've had of the devil being like a dragon but that the the destructive power of the devil would come back on himself and he would be destroyed in hell is the devil in hell now' got four people said no is, so guys is, think about it is the devil in hell devil's not in hell Devils, not, devils not in hell, and yet, devils on his way to hell. Okay, so what does all this have to do with Halloween? We're going to wrap up, and I promise you guys, we'll be, we'd we'd finish earlier so we get cookies. But what does this have to do with Halloween? I'll tell you what it has to do with Halloween is I want you guys to know that the supernatural realm is real, and all this stuff. The devil, the devil is glad to make him look like just a funny. You know, just a fun, funny um, person or entity that we don't really have to be afraid of. The, the devil is real. But the people who are in Jesus don't have to fear him at all. No fear at all. The devil, in fact, D- Daniel said it. He was leading worship here. He said it several times. He didn't even know exactly what, what I was going to be talking about. But, but he, he just said something. The devil is a defeated foe or something like that. What did you say several times? The devil is defeated. The devil, he's supposed to set four times, like, man, you're speaking. The devil's, uh, the Jesus has already won. Jesus has already won. Guys, Jesus has already won. But Jesus has not put the final seal, the final nail in the devil's coffin yet. So, you guys want to, let, let's just, let's just, let's skip forward. And we're going to end with chapter 22 of Revelation. I want you guys to see just quickly the end of the story and what happens to this entity. Who has led the world astray? Sorry, Revelation twenty, Revelation twenty. This is what's coming. Let me t- let me just tell you guys what's coming. The, whether or not you believe in God, you know this world cannot continue in in the pace that we're living for very much longer. Things, I mean, it's if you don't if you don't trust God. The future looks really depressing. But if you trust God, you realize that there is great things coming. Jesus comes back. He steps on this planet, and he defeats the armies of the world that stand against him, that are led by the devil, and then he sets up his kingdom, and there is an overlap of his reign before the devil is finally destroyed of about a 1,000 years, or of a 1,000 years. The devil is locked up for that thousand year period. And at the end of that thousand years, we'll just read about it in in verse seven, verse of chapter 20, Revelation 20, verse seven. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them. We can talk about that another time to gather them for battle in number. They're like the sand of the seashore. So this is what happens when that thousand year period is over. So During that thousand year period, people are not forced to submit to Jesus. They're allowed to live either accepting him as their king or not. And a lot of people don't. And yet the devil's locked up, so the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy isn't around. And so there's there's peace on this earth. And yet it doesn't mean that every every person claims Jesus as their king. And when that thousand years period is over, there is the Satan is released from his prison and he instigates the people to take one final stand against the king, believing that they can overthrow him. We don't want him to be our king. And they try. And they look at verse 9. They, they march across the breadth of the earth and surround the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil, here's the end of the story for this entity that we read about in Ezekiel 28. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And if you haven't read the last couple chapters of Revelation that before you go to sleep tonight, read it because there's great stuff ahead when the devil is finally destroyed forever and ever. And Jesus reigns supreme, and this planet becomes the capital of a universal kingdom that we get to be a part of. And all the you know all the talk that we've had about when you go to when you when you die and go to heaven. Guess what? The end of the story is that heaven comes to Earth. We live in a real reality for eternity. I don't know how we explore the galaxies the scientists tell us now that there's you know that there's these wormholes and so we're going to we're going to do we're going to never get tired of seeing the creation that God has made and this planet will be his capital and we'll be his sons and daughters it's a great thing so so the devil has this has these plans to make himself look really scary on holidays like halloween and such guys don't fear you belong to the king who will reign supreme forever. Okay, let's stand up and let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the winner. You've already sealed the devil's fate. You've already won the victory. And we look forward to the day when that is finalized and he is finally destroyed for eternity. And we live with you for eternity. And we just look forward to that day. We look forward to the day when you step back on this planet and bring your kingdom in. And we want to give ourselves, every one of us, we want to give ourselves the the proclamation of that truth. That we can live with you forever. And so, Lord, we just ask you to speed up that day. And if there's any of us that don't even know what we were even talking about here tonight, Lord, would you solidify the truth of your word in every heart? And we want to celebrate right now with the cookies that Anna and everybody else has gotten ready. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.